Welcome to the Arrest or Mimics podcast with your host Ben Talon. Guten Tag and welcome to Arrest All Mimics. My name is Ben Talon, I'm your host. This is the Original Thinking and Creative Innovation podcast. How are you all doing? I hope you are well. I hope everybody's good, I hope everyone's getting creative, I hope everyone's not taking too many naps because that is the weather today. The studio freelance naps. And last minute tweaks. Yeah, different weather every week here in the studio at Rest All the Mix. Hope you've been enjoying the shows. I hope you enjoyed Designer's Block last week. Really cool show, really enjoyed that one. Um, to be honest, I enjoy all this stuff. I just love doing this, but Designer's Block was really fascinating stuff. The story of getting started in the late 90s uh, down at the old Truman Brewery and seeing what was happening overseas and bringing that to London and kind of starting a trend in these large-scale events and showing off designers and makers and craftspeople. Uh, really great show. Not to mention the brilliant Painted Oceans project. You really should go and hear what Rory and, Do- and, sorry, Rory and Bud had to say about that. A uh, really fascinating project with Shepherd Ferry, uh, Tristan Eaton, London Police, uh, many, many others. Really, really cool. I'm going to try and keep a track on that because I'd really like to get the guys involved on the show. So keep listening for that one. Um, quick shout out to the sponsors. Thank you, lovely sponsors, as ever. Uh, printed.com, we'll start with Printed today because I never really do that. Printed.com, most recent sponsor on board, doing a great job of supporting the arts and providing you with awesome printed goods over 90 different stocks, loads of different finishes, fully customizable user format, and very good customer service on the website. Go and check them out for any printed goods. Uh, today's guest, Gordon Reed from Middle Boot. He uses print all the time. Uh, as you'll hear in his story, he started with Middle Boop being a bit of a music come art zine that he used to produce himself and distribute, not just to do the project, but to market himself to designers and as this excuse to get in there and get talking and meet the right people. So it just goes to show you that print is actually a great way to do that, a great inroad to hand over, whether it's those business cards, um, Gordon's own promotional booklet that he gave me, it's his lovely kind of fold-out concertina brochure. Really cool. They've got a range of that kind of thing going on at printed.com, so check them out. Really cool stuff. Thanks to those guys. Um, Heartinternet.co.uk providing you with all the hosting, um, SEO, digital tips, social media, all that cool stuff that we all have to do. Uh, Some days I love it, some days I hate it, but you've always got to do it to stay on the pulse these days. It's where you pick up your information, it's where you see your shared content, and it's where you put your own news out there. Um... For this week's tip from Heart Internet, I've been doing my new website, and by the time this goes out, I'm hoping it's launched, but um, it's launching any time at the moment, the new official bentalon.com. And one of the things that I picked up on uh, that I'm going to use as today's Heart Internet tip is just the basic stuff of linking through to all your channels from your website. It's kind of par for the course now, but you come across so many websites where people have not done that. I don't know whether it's because it's on a template or you know, a sort of self-built site where there are restrictions, but I think it's absolutely, well, I know it's absolutely imperative to have, whether it's your Pinterest, your Twitter, your Instagram, your LinkedIn, your CV, you've got to be able to quick click straight through to these things because people don't have everlasting patience on these websites and on the internet. It's a real kind of, you know, there's no there's no real attention spans anymore and people have got to see what they need within seconds. So I think it's really important to have your socials in a really prominent position uh, to click through to, so just keep that in mind. It's a really basic thing, but I see it so little, and uh, you know, people need to know where they can contact you directly. So make that very prominent, and that's thanks to Heart Internet. You can find them at heartinternet.co.uk. 
And last, but very much not least, my founding sponsor, Illustration Limited, who it would not be possible to be doing this show without. Uh, they help me get this show off the ground, and they provide you with a wonderful range of illustration, art direction, animation, live illustration, fashion illustration, you name it, they're really on it. Representing, I believe, over 200 the world's best illustrators now. So go and check all their, their stuff out. Their blog's cool, their news section. Um, go and have a look at the portfolios, recently updated, really cool stuff. Illustrationweb.com. Go and have a look at those guys. Founding sponsors, ever loyal. So I hope you've all been uh, making the most of the summer. It's been pretty sweaty in the studio. I've been working on um, a Premier League promo for the Tottenham versus Manchester City. Um, game coming up soon and this goes out worldwide it's a full animated thing and the nice thing about this one is i've been paired up with a cool motion graphics guy who really knows his stuff so that's going to be looking awesome uh, i hope you've all been doing some wonderful stuff no matter what level you're at today's guest gordon reed middle boot he's known as um very popular face on the scene i, I met gordon down at dnad festival yeah uh, check back and listen to that show a little uh, you know a few episodes ago i went down there and i was just doing the rounds with my press pass and getting some interviews for this show, talking to Andy Sandos, talking to Annie Atkins, who works on the Grand Budapest Hotel and production design. And I bumped into Gordon quite late in the day, actually, just before Ralph Steadman's live studio tour was on the big screen. And we got chatting and we got along straight away. And Gordon's just one of those easy people that makes you laugh and he's got a lot to say. And he's just an interesting character. And um, he worked for Saatchi Design. Uh, he was a head designer, um, design director, more to the point. At Saatchi and, you know, working there at the creative agency and, and working as an art director too as part of that role, commissioning people, bringing people in on the right jobs. So Gordon started producing Middle Boot, which was a music kind of fanzine paired with art and design features in there. And he would go, as he'll tell us in the show, distributing that down Brick Lane and East London and just getting himself around after university. He didn't like the idea of walking straight into a job and being kind of farmed so to speak you know told what to do and, and taken away his creative direction um so he's going to tell us about that journey and we're going to talk primarily about the difference between finding a set style and a real specialism um, you know i think of people like rod hunter who's been on the show who's got a very distinct isometric beautiful style i think of david trigley who's got his real quirky line drawing very naive kind of style and you know exactly what david trigley does but when i look at gordon reed's work he does a real panorama of graphic design, art direction, illustration. There's a real kind of... It's not a jack-of-all because there's a nice underlying current throughout all of his work, which is important. But he's very versatile. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about specialists and versatility and the journey to finding your own style and how that comes about and the ups and downs of both. So I hope this is a really useful conversation for people, especially if you're quite early in the game. It's, um, it's very easy to lose track of where you're going with your work and end up with a bit of a, a washed-out portfolio, no real direction, at the same time, it's easy to get stuck with thinking what you should be doing and sticking to this one style when, moreover, it's often going to pay off if you actually branch out a little bit and embrace other disciplines. So we're going to talk about all that stuff. We're going to talk about just getting into things, being a, being a face on the scene, you know, the social side of it, knowing people, and um, Gordon's going to tell us some great stories about that. He's got some very funny stories coming up here. Um, he's, a, he's a comedic guy. and really makes me laugh all the time, and um, I think anyone that knows him will testify to that. He's a real character. So he's going to talk about all that, so it's a bit of a specialist show today, and we are going to look at the difference between the two. Uh, we're going to talk about his progression from middle boot to working for Saatchi, and now he finds himself on his own as a full freelancer. Gordon and I have worked on a couple of pitch briefs recently, and we, um, we've we struck up a good little relationship, and we're going to talk about that, the, you know, the, the power of the word of mouth. 
but also branding yourself and how you understand your own sensibility and what you offer to the client and grasping what the people see in your work and taking that step further to stand out from the crowd. So it's a really important one and I hope you enjoy what Gordon's got to say because he's a top fella. Um, go and check out his work as well. Uh, really, really, really cool guy. Um, so I hope you take a lot from the conversation. I headed up to Stoke Newington to his studio. Uh, he shares studio with Charles Williams, who I'm hoping to get on the show before long too, who you can also check out. I did the best of all branding recently. For anyone who saw that, his 3D types are really, really beautiful. Uh, and I think Gordon and Charles have worked together on a few briefs themselves. So, you know, you find these nucleuses, these little pockets of common interests and crossed experiences going on. So we're going to talk about all that stuff. And you find me in Gordon's studio in Stoke Newington with a couple of beers, finding out his story. I hope you enjoy. Hit us up on the Twitter. Let us know your thoughts at Arrest All Mimics. Email me, hello at bentallon.com or at bentallon on the Twitter. Want to hear your thoughts? Get me your suggestions. Tell me if you need to be on the show and why. When I used to uh, run the, the magazine, uh, the music magazine and website and stuff, when I was first doing that, I did a lot of uh, interviews myself. and, and Just because I think... I guess it's similar to, to, to your podcast, it's, it's an amazing way of kind of meeting people. Yeah. And also kind of finding out what you've always wanted to find out from, you know, whether it's bands or, or yeah. artists or creators or whatever. You know. What was that then? What was the, what was the project? That was, uh, so that was Middle Boot, uh, the Middle Boot magazine. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, I was going to ask you about it because I didn't, I didn't, I just, I just my office I just met you at DAD and I yeah. checked out your stuff so I'd become aware of it. Was, the name made me laugh but I had no idea what the backstory was. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, the backstory to that was, uh, well, I mean, I, that, that was kind of me kind of coming out of uni, um, uh, 2007, 2008, the old um, uh, recession kind of hitting pretty much. What a time to come out, actually, because that was when the bubble burst, wasn't it? Yeah, it literally was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was such a shitter as well, because it, well, obviously for, for many people, uh, uh, more so than me, but uh, it, it was that kind of situation where suddenly, you know, you're not going to get this. 16 grand a year fucking junior design role yeah. uh, because there weren't any going you know people were really tightening the budgets and you know some of the big boys were, were closing down like Designers Republic were closing their doors and John McFall's studio was, was shutting up um, and it was kind of one of those things where at the time like, I, I kind of knew already I didn't want to just go into a design role and just start like banging out fucking you know uh, web web ads for you know I don't know like L'Oreal or something for an ad agency because it just didn't really didn't really fill me with much joy mm. um, so I always wanted to do my own thing and um, it was kind of at that time where I was sort of like obviously there isn't much to do really apart from what I kind of want to do yeah so I literally just got a day job working in a shop and started uh, started a zine first I was doing zines for a while um, the middle group zine um, and we got a couple of issues done and we're selling them around uh, loads of galleries on, around Brick Lane and, and that sort of area Redstone mm. Street um, which I, I walked down yesterday none of them are there yeah. not one of them have survived that really? Yeah, apart from Brick Lane Gallery which, is, which was always a bit of a shit that's interesting like a complete wipeout yeah everything's gone you've got like J Crew and like it's really kind of high end fashion um, but it just, it's been a while since I walked down there and I've, we went for this kind of African art festival yesterday, like music and stuff, and uh, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't believe like, all of it. I was just like, I had an exhibition there two years ago. Shit, yeah. You know, now it's a hairdresser selling men's haircuts for like 100 quid. 
Why not? Yeah. Well, under demand, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> hundred quid for a haircut. My girlfriend cut us to that bargain. I'd vomit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we were fucking selling these zines and um, we got to the third issue and it was like, okay, people are, people are kind of buying these things, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're not making any money, but that wasn't really the point, you know. Uh, and and did, the sort of, uh, did the third issue and started getting to know printers and just kind of making contacts that way. And what we did was we offered it out, I say we, I, was, I had a kind of creative partner at the time. Uh, and I wanted to offer it out to uh, sort of design studios that I um, admired and wanted to work with in some way, or at least get to know. Mm. Um, so we got we kind of had a double page spread for uh, about twelve or thirteen different artists, um, and each designed a sort of double page spread. So we had like Sawdust and Jeff, Jeffrey Bowman and, and those sort of guys, um, Andy Miller. Like American kind of guy, mm. really beautiful illustration, um, and that, that sort of took off. That was like the first bit of press I got on okay. computer arts. Yeah, um, sort of went from there really. But around that time, that was when things were really getting bad. Uh, and the next issue we were going to do, we had some, some quite nice sort of funding. Uh, the printers themselves were going to just uh, just take one out. And then give us like, like thousands of copies extra. So instead of kind of charging like two pound fifty, we were thinking, well, why don't we just go to all of the venues? There's loads of good little venues around this different actually. Yeah. And just pop them in for free and just kind of build something up a bit more organically. Yeah. Didn't really need that much money to do it. Um, and then yeah, we lost our we lost our kind of main sponsor. And then the, the printers were like, oh yeah, you know that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Absolute Yeah. Jesus. So the same with music. It's probably music oriented. Yeah, it was. Um, I'd say seventy percent music, thirty percent kind of uh, design illustration. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So I'm, 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 I'm. This sounds like this increasingly sounds like quite a parallel path because I graduated in two thousand six, and when I moved to Manchester in two thousand and nine, I quite quickly started my own kind of music project, which was a, it was a website. It's called Quenched. We still got it's still there. It's still going. We're still working out what to do with it because things have changed in the people that, you know, that were doing it. But they were all, we've all gone different directions in a way. But am I right thinking in the same way that you saw it as a vehicle or it became a vehicle to get you places and to meet people and to, and, and to find out what was next? Because that's what happened with Quenched. At one point I wanted to save the music industry. I was like yeah. so fired up with what we could do with it. <laughs> so it was me, uh, Danny Scarriott, who goes under the name Dave Freud as an electronic musician and producer who's starting to do really well at the moment. Um, but he basically started reviewing bands in Manchester pubs in exchange for beer and then quenched and we gave it this bullshit pretentious reason for it being called quenched but it was just that <laughs> but what happened was it was my way of doing record covers for bands it was that was you know we set up an open mic night uh, I think Danny used to get 50 quid a time or I used to get a split of the, the beer sold at the bar and that was it but, but through that we met you know, we met people like Mark E. Smith uh, yeah, lads from the Coral turned up at the open mic night because the guy who ran Gully was in Manchester uh, Tony 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 that fucking camera certainly much really bad anyway he knew everyone he'd been in the industry 20 odd years and, and just by us being there and getting pissed and putting on these open mic nights people started turning up and word got round because you've got that small 
you know, community centre. Yeah, yeah. But the idea was, it was just, we wanted to work in the music industry, it was as simple as that. So we knew that Danny, is a, he was a playwright at that point, and, and doing all sorts of theatre, and I was an illustrator. So I knew that no one was going to come to us for these projects. So we had to create the vehicle ourselves. So a really long way of going about it, but my question being, is that what it was, or did Middle Boot become that? Yeah, no, that's, that's exactly right. It's, it's nail on the head, really. Yeah, I mean, it's... Um, you know, because you've got no contacts. I mean, I didn't anyway. I went to, like, Southampton Uni, which you know, no-one gives a fuck about, really. Yeah, Preston. So probably similar. Yeah, yeah. Similar. <laughs> <laughs> the Polytechnic. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Palmer Polys, yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, that was exactly right. Like, we didn't, we didn't know anyone, um, but I knew, uh, I knew I wanted to do something. I'd been inspired by... i just started going to this music festival called All Tomorrow's Parties. Uh, which is very sort of DIY festival kind of they put them on at Butlins yeah and you go down and see you still see like the Fall actually played quite a few times oh yeah yeah, yeah and all those sort of guys and um, you know so I, I remember kind of coming away from that uh, and thinking okay because you, you'd meet people because everyone stayed in the Butlins chalets yeah so no one was kind of you know you didn't have those sort of boundaries that, uh, or borders that you know you couldldn't cross uh, so if you wanted to meet like Marky Smith yeah, you could just go up and chat to him because he'd just be walking around and stuff. Yeah, and suddenly, for me, the kind of uh, the flick was uh, the switch was flicked a little bit because it was like, well, actually, I can, I can do this. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. I can talk to these people, but I didn't have any contacts. So yeah, exactly that. Because yeah. as soon as you were offering that kind of outlet to to you know, small bands or even bigger bands. You know, for an interview or a, a gig review or something like that. Mm. Uh, pretty much nine times out of ten, if you can kind of, if you can kind of push it in the right ways and sell it, then the PR team are going to be behind it, or the band yeah. might want to do it. Yeah. Um, and that's it. And then you've got your contact. You know. That's the thing, isn't it? It's like the whole thing with freelancers. You know, like you say, you, you are you're out on your own. It's like right now what? No yeah. one. Suddenly, you know, I found that I had seven years of education. Uh, suddenly I'm sat at a B&Q garden table <laughs> in the Preston call it an office and it's like completely uninspired I just lost the motivation for it lost the love of it probably for six months or so but I was sitting there trying to force myself to draw and as you'll know if you're not feeling it in this industry you, you, the results don't shoot you know, they don't come yeah um, so yeah it was just it was difficult so then I think it forces you whether it's in the kind of way where you do it online or whatever I don't know but I always just found the people side of it more Way more fruitful, I suppose, and like you said, through a, through hook or by crook, through a similar thing by by setting up these vehicles and pretending that I belonged, you do actually you end up belonging because you're there and you're talking to people. And before you go, hang on a minute, I'm not out place here. Yeah. You know, like you said, um, and people love that sort of stuff as well. People get behind it. You know, I mean, uh, uh, you know, the kind of grassroots sort of style. Of, of kind of promoting people for the right reasons, promoting young writers and artists and, mm. you know, whoever it is, getting people involved, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there was definitely, a, it sort of struck a chord with, with the design press and, yeah, um, yeah and certainly with, with bands and, and, and labels and stuff. And, yeah. You know, I mean, I, I kind of wound that up. Well, I mean, I wound the, I wound the zines up what, years ago when we moved online. Uh, I wound the site up a couple of years ago. Yeah, about a year and a half ago now. Uh, yeah. Still, still yeah. got all of those contacts. And Did it, well, again, was it the sort of natural evolution process that you just felt like it, it served a purpose, it was done? Pretty much, yeah, pretty much. It was kind of like, because we'd grown it, we'd grown the site quite, yeah, it was 
quite astounding, really. And we had about 100 contributors. Yeah, writers. Wow. That's, yeah. that's a number. Uh, like, yeah, like writers and photographers. I and thought we, did, we got to 13 and I was impressed. Too. <laughs> <laughs> no, you fucking stopped at the right time, I think. But, but it just, I think, yeah, things changed because it, was like, it, it wasn't beneficial to me anymore, you know, because, I mean, I, I, I genuinely, with managing, by that point, obviously, you know, I was, I was doing, you know, all right in, in my own field in design and illustration and sort of art direction. So it was kind of like that, that's obviously a, more than a full time job. In itself, that's you know that's our livelihood, that's yeah. our life. Um, so it was then kind of uh, on top of that, managing pretty much like twenty odd writers a week, mm-hmm. you know, or thirty contributors in, in some way, and uh, you know, just at fucking like nine o'clock at night, you've got some writer who stood outside yeah. in the rain outside the Scala yeah. because the PR, the right press person, hasn't put their name on the fucking list. <laughs> You know, I know that one. Yeah, yeah. You're at the mercy of so many whimsical people. Exactly. Um, so I think, yeah, that, that's right, really. I mean, I, I kind of took the job at Saatchi, um, and I kind of uh, that was the sort of the, the more recent kind of life changer, really, because it was, uh, yeah, like I was sort of saying, you know, I had a couple of good music sort of projects on the go. Yeah. And it was very much cards on the table, sort of like right. I'm not. I'm not going to do these. Uh, you know, whatever I had on there, sort of like I don't know, fucking kebab menus or whatever I had to design. Yeah. I'm just going to focus on this. On this. So the job is actually would get. So what was that? Graphic design, art direction. Yeah, it was senior designer, uh, and, it, and then it kind of merged into more of an art direction role as well. Yeah. Uh, it was only meant to be for three weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was, it was quite a funny one actually, because so a friend of mine who worked there, um, which is isn't it always the fact always the way yeah uh, we, were, <laughs> we worked together at Grey uh, a few years before that I did um, an HSBC campaign uh, quite a nice illustrated campaign and what else did we do it was quite big did quite a, oh uh, Volkswagen pitch I think it was a Volkswagen pitch um, and um, yeah well I'd sort of contacted him when I had my last printed promo sent loads out sent one out to him and we started chatting and uh, we had this meeting on set up and it was the, in between two my friends uh, Van Mogwai they did two gigs at the Roundhouse yeah about a year and a half ago and um, I'd done all of their kind of merch and, and cool I love Mogwai yeah yeah that was a good job yeah um, and it was, it was one of those things because um, uh, Stuart is a, is a big Star Wars fan and uh, well I am too and you know been various chats about Star Wars, and I just I always wanted to do. I always had this idea that the um, that kind of the, the 70s arcade game with the, the Star Wars sort of uh, X-wing fighter. Yeah, that'd just be a really cool T-shirt. Yeah. Um, so he liked the idea, so we just Mogwai with, with that kind of design, sort nice. of went with it for tote bags and shit. But anyway, um, uh, yeah, didn't make the meeting. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first time I've ever missed a meeting. Yeah. And um, uh, he phoned me up a couple of weeks later. Obviously, I sent him like a groveling email. Oh, I'm so sorry. God, yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. And he's just like, you didn't meet that meeting, did you? I'm sorry, Kevin, really sorry. He goes, that's all right. Listen, do you want to come in and work? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Yeah, and we just sort of ended up... um, Kind of building up a team there because uh, things were sort of changing quite rapidly at that place. Um, 
So uh, yeah, we kind of had the small print team, and we we eventually merged with the digital team and kind of created quite a big uh, sort of design studio. And uh, yeah, it was basically when I took it on, uh, I just cut a lot of things out. So I cut the website out, the middle boot site, because it was it becomes something that wasn't wasn't really much of a benefit to myself. Um, it certainly wasn't financially beneficial. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know. Uh, I think the, the, sort of, the sort of joy of being able to be on a guest list for a gig, you know, I was mm. thinking, well, these bands getting guest lists for probably really need that to yeah. get money, you know, and I'm just giving, I don't know, I kind of lost heart for yeah. it. Another feeling, I mean, we, it was a very similar process. It served a great purpose, we had a lot of fun doing it, but there did come a point where it started to become more of frustration, and, and, and I think similar to what you said, it felt like something that was holding me back from... By this point, I'd, I'd, I'd gotten strong with my illustration and the brand was there now and I was working for big clients and it was like, this felt like a distraction to a degree. Yeah. So it was like, you feel you feel an attachment to it, but there comes a point, I think, you have to be ruthless and go, I've got to cut that if I want to move forward in that now. It's, it's got me here and now I have to have the courage to go and see you later. Yeah, because yeah. it's kind of make or break with that sort of stuff, isn't it? Because it's like, well, do I, do I scrap the illustration? Do I go right? I'm just going to really, really go gung ho and get advertising for this thing. And yeah, guys like us, you know, we're it's not what we want to do. No, you know, it's not what I wanted to do. Um, so I stopped. I stopped blogging and I stopped re- returning emails for like. I was like, right, I'm going to do a week without it. Yeah, and if I miss it, I'll go back. But if I don't, then I'm I'm, I'm done really. You know, mm. and uh, oh, well, I just it was the best decision. Yeah, you know, suddenly you've got like three or four hours back from your working life. Yeah, and you're like, right, I can. I'm actually being a lot more creative, and I'm not being distracted by this thing. Yeah, you remember why you got into it in the first place. It's a weird paradox, isn't it? Because you you graduate, you got the uni because you love it, and you want to do something you love. To get to that, you almost have to create this vehicle to get the right contacts and get there. So it's a weird, it's like an interim thing, isn't it? And I yeah. think I think we're looking at with the digital the sort of digital age, you, you know, it's, it's cheaper and easier, I guess, to start a vehicle even though you've got more competition. It's like, you know? Yeah, very much but, so. Um, so. So that led you on to Satchel then. So, so that, I mean, that must have been cool. Because what I'm really interested about is because we've, I do see this kind of parallel path, but then we've, we've got quite a different kind of resume almost, a different portfolio, i.e. You've, you've, you've got quite a broad range of, of skills. I mean, just looking at your portfolio, you seem to have a real wide range of stuff, which I guess is, is more characteristic of a, as, as a, of a designer. Yeah. Essentially, whereas, you know, I talk to illustration students and I go, you've got to find your thing. People need to know who you are and what you bring. Designers, it's like, people need to know what you can do. So it's like, it's a, it's a, and I think people really should wrestle with that issue of the whole distinct style or versatility. Yeah, very much so, yeah. Um, I mean, for me, it was, it was always about building up a style. And, um, uh, yeah, just like an illustrator, you know, because I kind of was an illustrator. I definitely don't class myself as one anymore, but that's definitely something that I'm never going to, you know, uh, the kind of ethos behind, the, th- and the thought process behind myself as an illustrator is never going to change. And I still want that kind of style running through what I do. But you're right, it's... It's one of those things where if, you, if that's what you want to do as an illustrator, then you've just got to kind of, I think, you hammer it out and just become known, like you say, for that thing. Yeah. Find your kind of, find your kind of mark that that will make you unique, yeah. make you sellable to, to clients and things yeah. like that. You know, and like yourself have done, and, and you know, many have done. 
it's um, and I, th- I think I kind of did that for a while, and then it just got to that point where I was kind of like, well, I kind of want to do more, you know. I kind of feel like, well, actually, what it was was when I started branding a few years ago, and I had a couple of uh, jobs that came in quite nice, actually, that started as illustrative jobs, yeah, for quite kind of you know dry clients. Uh, like there was a recruitment brand, there was an app, like a lifestyle app, and. Who else was there? All sorts of people. But it, what I was kind of starting to do was seeing a bit more in it in these jobs than just what they were asking for, which was like an illustration. Mm. Um, and, and yeah, and a few of them for that this kind of year. I don't know what was in the water that year or whatever, but they were sort of coming to me and, and you know they're like, we want this illustration for our, our redesign. Mm. I was like a music brand, West One Music. There were loads of stuff, um, and. You know, we want to use this illustration as part of our design, and you know, and you kind of sat there going, "Well, it doesn't really make sense to sort of stop at just giving you an illustration." Mm-hmm. You know, why don't I do your brand guidelines, and why don't I do you a new logo? Because yeah. whatever I create is going to is not going to work with your very '90s looking yeah. brand. You know, so you were quite suggestive in that respect. You would actually go and pitch that too. Yeah, totally, yeah. So uh, kind of instead of just, just, just sort of delivering, you know, five five different looks of the illustration, I'd kind of give them a couple and just give them a whole kind of pack on, on this Brilliant. is what everything yeah. could look like, you know? Yeah. And people really bought into that because they were like, because I kind of, you know, I, I wanted to, personally for me, apart from the, like, the extra money aside that you can make from opening the job up like that, it was gives you kind of complete creative ownership over that brand. Yes. Rather than just that little segment that people you know are going to bastardise. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and when people get behind that, they're like, oh, fuck, you know, we can, we can do this, you know. Uh, that's when you, I, yeah, I got some really good results. And it was like, okay, well, actually, I really enjoyed branding this agency. You know, even down to just, yeah, the marketing collateral and fucking PowerPoint templates. You know? <laughs> it just... Once you see the whole picture, you're like, oh, yes, just, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's when it was like, okay, I, know I, can, I can kind of open myself up a little bit more. Uh, so I started focusing more on branding. And I was doing web design as well, sort of designing these sort of sites for people. And it just, yeah, I think it made things a bit more exciting. Yeah. Uh, the budgets got a lot bigger. Yeah. Um, because uh, I guess now you would get you would be getting a job as a as is this monster as opposed to a part of it. So yeah. you, you would get this whole beast. And I mean, would you bring in people then to work on that? Would you would you sub bits out ever, or was it always? Did you always handle the entire thing? Pretty much. Um, there were a couple of jobs where they, they kind of wanted me to actually get the, the website online. So I'd have to. Yeah. I've got a couple of people that um, that I've worked with for years. Um, uh, but one of, my, one of my web guys, my first ever contract was for a, a stag do company. <laughs> <laughs> and it, oh man, it was like, it's like my first fucking gig in London and I was like walking down Oxford Street because they were in Soho, like thinking I was the big dick, you know. <laughs> and I was, the head des- I was the head designer, head of design, purely because obviously, you know, they were a stag, they didn't have any other fucking designers. <laughs> I love uh, that when someone's the head or the owner, but they're the only person there. Yeah, <laughs> I was like fucking twenty-one years old or whatever, or twenty-three, just like head of design. Yeah, head of design. Everybody needs to know that you're the only person. Smoke and mirrors, man. That's my argument. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was fucking great. And um, what happened? What was happening in there? Oh, I got, yeah, I had to. Um, 
Oh, yeah. I got the job, uh, and the guy phoned me up and he said, you know, like, brilliant, you know, start on fucking Monday, wherever. And uh, he said, bring your computer, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, yeah, 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 sure. What? Yeah, bring your computer up, you know, like, we'll, we'll pay for a taxi, you know. You know, don't, don't want you bringing your Mac on a train. And I'm thinking, this guy hasn't got a clue. I was still using a fucking Dell PC at the time. Well, yeah. <laughs> really, yeah. I'd done all these, I did these, uh, I used to do tutorials for like various magazines and I had to borrow my friend's uh, Mac PowerBook uh, to take all the screenshots because I didn't want them to think that I was doing screenshots on a fucking Windows. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of smoke and mirrors. Um, so I didn't have a, uh, like any equipment to bring up. So I borrowed my mate's, this is an even older Mac laptop, you know the old white ones? Yeah, yeah, that's my first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. And uh, like the battery was bulging at the back because it was overheating and <laughs> I fucking blagged my way through that one for a while. Jeez, so, 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 so okay, so we're talking about all that stuff and going into Thor Branding, but was that pivotal in getting you the Satchi gig? The branding stuff? Um, no, actually not hugely. Um, uh, I don't, well, I don't know. I mean, I guess it would have been because I, I, I sent them, uh, so uh, the, the guy that kind of got me in there uh, was the head of resource. Uh, he, I sent him, I did a, a big kind of concertina pack about a year and a half ago, uh, promo pack, and um, uh, he picked that one up. Because he, he liked my life, I did I'd do a few of these, you know, maybe one every year, something like that. Um, and uh, no, it had all of that working. I think that would have been pivotal actually, because he passed that on to the, the, the real head of design. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and he really liked it. So yeah, yeah. I think yeah, he did. I don't think he knew my work. So yeah, yeah. that actually would have. Yeah. And it was just so just we need to move for this, and it ended up becoming something more. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I was brought in to be like the brand guardian of of Ariel. Okay. Which is... <laughs> that's, that's interesting. Yeah, 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 <laughs> fucking, yeah. I, I, I think we did, um, we did a year's worth of work there and, and, and kind of nothing really happened because it's just, they're aerial, they don't need to do much. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, yeah. people are going to buy us. The last thing, isn't it, that, that established, yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah, then it evolved from there, so it evolved to doing... Uh, I did quite a lot of metro wraps for like, uh, well, for the metro, for like direct line and EE. Okay. Uh, that was really cool actually, sort of sitting on the tube in the morning and everyone's holding you. That's yeah. really cool, yeah. Um, that was a good one. And then the Olympics came up. Yeah. Uh, for Visa, um, which is a client of, of Star Cheese. And um, we did the pitch, we pitched it. Uh, and it was a mad project because it was basically me, uh, in the initial stage, it was me and the creative team. Uh, kind of working on the concepts for uh, for all of the print campaign, which is running uh, all over Europe at the moment. Um, not London, unfortunately, not England. Um, and then we won the pitch, uh, which was pretty awesome. Yeah. And then they changed the whole concept. Uh, so the creators by that time were working on the film. So it was up to me and the, uh, the head of design. We then started to work more on. How to kind of bring that thing to life and create the 3D hearts and the metaphors. Yeah. That the, the Visa heart is always beating and yeah. like, like the heart of the Olympian. Brilliant. And all that sort of stuff. Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. And it's been awesome to see that plastered everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, I won't because it's, it's not in uh, the UK. But um, yeah, it's. Yeah. 
yeah, it's definitely it was pretty sweet to finally see it kind of come to life. Yeah, that's really cool. So you are still, you are still working with Sachi? No, not at the moment. No, I'm. Um, I left. I left Sachi uh, a couple of months ago. Yeah. Um, and I was working with. Uh, I, I kind of went straight back in. Uh, I guess the way I do things is kind of like half in house, half agency. Yeah. Which again is, is kind of beneficial because um, I think certainly when I was a bit younger. The, the idea was still to kind of just be an illustrator. So I thought, well, what better way of getting in and meeting agencies face-to-face is, is from working with them, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and started to pick up those sort of contacts. Of course, instead you're doing a lot of design work, um, which some of it's good, 20, 30% is good, 70% is shite, but, you know, at least you've got those contacts and the right people. And, uh, yeah, I mean... I, I I think the role of the role of a lot of illustrators, certainly my kind of style in advertising, has, has probably changed quite a lot now. Purely because just so many people can fucking do it all now. Yeah, you know the kids coming out of uni these days and getting into their sort of the junior roles, they can they can they can bang out a Malika Favre knockoff in fucking twenty minutes, you know, and they'll do it and they'll do it for a brand. I've seen people do it. Yeah. You know, and it's disgusting to watch people do it. What direct hair colour of the illustrators? Yeah, 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 yeah. And they all fucking do it. You know? And, and that's, a, that's a big thing that I have no idea how, how people are going to get around that. But when I saw, the first couple of times I saw people doing knockoffs, uh, for, you know, tweaking it just enough, probably should be a little soup for some of them. I'm sure they probably were, but um, it was just like, well, what's the point? Yeah. What's, what's the point in approaching ad agencies to do yeah. you know, illustrations? Because why, why on earth would any of these guys want to pay you know, 15 grand for an illustration? Or, or like five grand for an illustration and then a couple of years buy out. And, yeah. you know, you, for us, it's obviously amazing and it's our fucking lifeline. But for those guys, they're like, well, we'll just, we just get that guy that we're paying 20 grand a year to do it. Yeah. You know? Shit, yeah. It's a, re- yeah, it's a really tough time. Yeah, and as we're seeing at the minute, it's happening with this whole stuff with Zara and as we talked about, it's... Exactly. You know, you're seeing it and you're seeing, uh, sadly, more and more power with the corporates to um, to strong arm, to, to say, fuck you, we've done it, but we can't stop it. Yeah. That's horrible. <laughs> it's, it's fucking terrible, man. And I don't know how we, I don't know how we kind of take it back a little bit, you know? Mm. I don't know how we kind of, uh, yeah. you know, I mean... It's, uh, I think uh, one of the one of the ways is obviously creating a style that's just you, you cannot kind of mimic that. Yeah. You know, I mean, like Fab is a good choice. You know, there's t- there's tons of people yourself included. You know. Yeah. Um, Charles Williams, who I work with in my studio. Um, you know, if anyone knocks that off, then there's there's going to be, you know, there's going to be a bit of a revolt. Yeah, that's um, the thing. Yeah. As we're seeing with with the Zara case at the moment. Yeah, that's it, and there needs to be. I mean. But, but not to go down I mean, too far down that track because we, we could be on all day talking about that. I know, rightly so. But, but what I'm interested in now, so, so where we find you now, I mean, I would like to say that we're looking at your stuff. How do you, how do you, I mean, what are you, how do you brand yourself now? I mean, not, not brand yourself, how do, you, how do you promote yourself? I mean, what do you go and, do you go and push the facts that, I mean, do you do it on a job by job basis? So do you go and say, you know, find the opportunities and, and know that you fit in there and tell that to that person? Or do you do mail outs and things? I'm just I'm, I'm interested because you've got quite a broad, expansive work. And as someone who's speaking from someone who's got a very, de- a very definitive style within my illustration work, that's not. I mean, I'll, we'll talk about that in a bit. But I do, 
starting to push into sort of more art direction in other areas that's completely disconnected from Bentalon because similar to your own story I want to do more interesting stuff and I want to you know diversify that but I'm just interested in this in this this kind of uh, trade-off between you know doing a lot of things and, and, and being versatile and, and that stuff so how do you how do you push you and your brand at the moment well, it's, it's, a, it's a tough one. It's kind of one that I'm, I'm sort of still getting my head around myself. Like, I think, um, yeah, I th- well, for me, it, it, it's kind of like trying to find a, a bit of a kind of unifying sort of uh, kind of aesthetic, I suppose, in, in every project that I will promote myself. Yeah. Um, so anything that you're going to see on the new website that will come out or any of my kind of print mail outs, there, there has to be a link something because you know essentially I mean I still do illustration you know but I also do branding and, and web design and stuff and I think you know it, it's very important to be able to kind of have, have a, those sort of strings to the bow just to be able to kind of survive really and, and kind of you know even if you, if you do a sort of project that you, you hate but someone's got you in there because they know yeah. you did a good design campaign then that, that project might pay well, you'd hate it, but it will fund your next few months in, yeah. in a studio doing something that you might love, doing a show. Or, um, but for me, I think sort of, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm kind of going out there as more of an art director mm. at the moment, uh, a sort of branding art director with illustration on the side. Um, and it is, it is tough because, you know, people, you know, have the sort of uh, have the attention span of a gnat online, don't they? I mean, they have like, you know, they look at your side and go, "Well, that's a fucking mess." Someone else. Yeah. Uh, which is which is why I'm kind of really trying to sort of build this new site to kind of meet everything, meet in one go, really. So like illustration, design, everything that I do, without confusing people. And it is tough. Yeah. You know, it is it is tough to kind of sell that sell that to people kind of straight away without without having something that isn't curated but um, yeah I guess art direction that seems to be the kind of term that sort of encompasses yeah well it is because you can bring in and this is what I tend to, I find myself doing more often is I'll bring in small elements of an influence you know sort of slight influence of what's you know the whole inky organic thing that, that's become my calling card almost. Yeah, very much. But I'd like to, for example, the branding for this show, the whole, I don't know if you've seen the stuff that I've done with the 3D print, but I commissioned a 3D printer on the head and shoulders with the headphones on. Oh, I, yeah. I had this idea that I wanted to paint directly onto a 3D print for some time, ever since meeting a lady who did that. Um, the opportunity would come up, and then I thought, I don't know, this, this, this show, I really should try and push somewhere new because it's not about me, it's about the guests. So I thought, okay, that gives me a nice chance to, to take a nice step away. So, of course, Budget didn't allow me, you know, and funded it also. The, the, they didn't allow me to go out there and throw loads of money at loads of interesting creatives. But I threw 350 quid at a 3D print of my head and shoulders, and then I set up my own sort of studio 3D model environment for that and painted directly onto it for the for the branding. So that that that, that did something for me and kind of opened my eyes and made me go, okay, I, I've got the ideas to facilitate that stuff to work more in that direction. But coming from a coming from a stylized standpoint, no one's going to come to Ben Talon and go, "We all need to do that because Ben Talon's Ben Talon." So now I've got this dichotomy where I have to go and create the, back to where we were before. I have to create the vehicle yeah. to make that happen. So now it's up to me to go. 
all right, where can I get a few hundred quid from to, let's say, our direct X project and bring in that photographer and that designer who also want to... You know, I'm in a weird place now where I'm trying to set up this almost a creative agency brand, but it's, it's, it's kind of a collective. I don't quite know what it is. Yeah. But it's, it's me and a few of the people that I'm good mates with going, we can do more than what we're known for in that brand. But to do that, we have to set up a whole different brand for that. You know, it's like we have to set up a whole different thing and go all that stuff lives under there but it, because if you put that in your portfolio like you say it becomes confused and then suddenly Bentala's not Bentala anymore if he's throwing in 3D printed hats and things you know so. well this, this is it yeah and it, it's, the, it's the last thing you do and it, it's, it's funny because when, when you're putting all this stuff together I know uh, when I did uh, like my, one of my sites or three or four years ago probably four or five years ago uh, and I, I was included in all sorts of branded stuff because I thought, well, that's going to sell my work. Mm. I kind of lost sight of the fact that, well, I got to this point without any of that shit. Yeah. And that's when my site was really curated and nice and, you know, the stuff you were sending out just had that kind of running theme. Yeah. You know, uh, even the kind of more design and branded based work still yeah. kind of had that, you know. So it's more of, a, kind of more, more of an aesthetic, I suppose, then, more of an idea running through it, a God green idea, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And the same with yourself. It's yeah. It's it's, it's the hardest thing to kind of realise. Take a step back and go. I can understand why people might kind of not know where to look or what to look at. You know, yeah. when they fall on your side. Um, and that's why. Yeah, I think uh, especially when you do the sort of printed stuff. I know you, you do some printed stuff. Like yeah. That. Yeah. And um, that that's when it's got to be like mega curated because if you're sending that shit out to yeah, you know, whoever art buyers and whatever, if that's just, oh, it's going straight in the bin. It's very hard for anyone to know because there's always that temptation to try and show that you can do everything or you can do a lot of things. But also that there's the specialist group as well, you know, a David Shrigley or, a, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. um, both come with their pitfalls and, and difficulties. And I think it's, it's like, you see, I mean, you, you hit upon a good point and that people are coming out with uni now so much more technically versatile than what we probably were. Yeah. That's frightening in some senses, but then I think the lack of restriction in a way, I guess a lot of these people are just going to, they're never going to find themselves as an artist. And I, okay, maybe they don't want to, but I think most of us do. Very much so, yeah. I mean, a lot of, a lot of the designers that were kind of working, working with me or for me, uh, a couple of the, you know, the agencies, are all, they're all quite kind of, Stress. They all want to sort of break out of this, yeah. this, this kind of catch twenty two situation that they're in, where they're kind of like using, uh, you know, maybe illustrative skills or artistic skills yeah. to kind of for this sort of corporate kind of mogul situation uh, where it's being bastardised and things. But they've kind of got to do it to pay the bills at the same time. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, it's I think yeah, everyone everyone wants to do their own thing, and I think not everyone can because obviously. As you know, being being a freelance yourself, it's I mean, it's almost like forty percent of what we do is is our own style, and sixty percent admin chasing yeah. clients, invoice. You know, oh, of course like, it is. Yeah, God, the 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 the, the uh, dogged but essential chase for work. Exactly, just letting people know. And it's not even it often it doesn't feel like a chase for work. It's just how are you doing? Do you want to be here at some point? It's, it's a very social way of marketing what we do, isn't it? It's, yeah. It's just giving people a nudge, I'm still here, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And whatever you, you do it, however you do it, it's, it very much comes down to I still exist. Very much so, man, yeah. And I guess like the fact that these, these guys are coming out of uni now and, and, and like you say, are more technically kind of aware of things. 
kind of more of a kick up the arse for us a lot as well, you know. Oh, huge. Um, yeah, I was at New Designers the other week and um, talk about rocket up the arse, you know. <laughs> a mix of, because of, for this show, I was chatting to a real wide range of people. I was talking to guys from Dundee from like the interactive design, uh, you know, real tech guys. I mean, yeah. way ahead of the curve, ridiculous stuff. Um, but then, yeah, then I was on the illustration degree and there was a guy who was, you know, the best drawer I've seen in years uh, coming out of Manchester Uni, you know, and I was just like, right, okay, you know, time, time, time to just refresh a little bit and take stock and, you know, keep on at those personal ideas that I'm putting on the back shelf for the commercial gigs. And it's this ever ongoing juggling act, I think, of, of that, you know, ide- ideals and essentials, you know? Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly right. And it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things, isn't it? Like, I mean, what we do is just like, yeah. How do you how do you find time to kind of fit that all in? Yeah, you know. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I, you know, I mean, as I was kind of sort of to the point of this of this show, it's like, and I guess the point I was making about your brand being a, a more subtle in a way of impacting your personality. Yeah. The way that I write, I mean, I do, I'm doing a column for Design Week at the moment, and the book that come out the other year, the way that I write, the way that I talk on this show and, and my artwork are, are very similar. And yeah. that sounds a weird thing to say when you're talking about audio, words, and pictures. But it's all got that rough, a little rough around the edges, very organic, slight mistakes at all times. That's the best way. That's, that's what's become the Ben Talon thing, that splashiness, the slightly unfinished feel. That carries throughout the way I talk on this, you know, and it's like, that is a brand, and it's like, yeah. and it took me years to understand that actually. But you know, that's yeah. I thought because it wasn't covered in ink and paint, it couldn't be a mental thing. But actually, the things that people buy into in my work, they, they transcend across a lot of different areas. So that's, and I think that's reflected in the way that I'm starting to diversify now. Yeah. Well, well, that's it. I mean, and that's that's kind of it's still sort of nail on the head, really, isn't it? Because it's it's that style that that you've built up, like you say, through, through all sorts of different mediums. Uh, so there is something that people can relate to when they see your work, mm. whether it is that 3D printed head or, or you know, like some type for WWE. Um, you're like, okay, yeah, I know yeah. that. I know where that's come from. Yeah, you know, and and that's the thing. It's just having that kind of USP, and then being able to spread that kind of style yeah. over all sorts of different things. Because I mean, we're we're kind of the guinea pigs at the moment with social media and, and kind of how the world is, is going online and stuff like that and I mean print work's getting less and less digital's becoming a big thing yeah. well, it already is a big thing um, yeah. there's all sorts of stuff going on at the moment and, and all sorts of new ways that we can apply our work to and it's quite an interesting time but it's also something that you kind of uh, I think we all need to be aware of mm. and I think you know I, yeah I definitely think to be to kind of really survive uh, as a freelancer, it's it's just kind of integral to kind of just sort of not turn your nose up at some things. Yeah, because I know I mean I know illustrators that just do one thing. Yeah, and, and fuck it, they love it and they do one thing and they do it well and they do it again and again and again. But for like seventy percent of illustrators, maybe more, it's just not it's not enough. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. enough to survive. Oh, I, I know it very well. I, I know, and I, I think that for me that that applies financially. Mm. Also creatively, I'm, I mean I can't speak for everyone because I know guys who have who've done the same style for years and they absolutely love it and, oh, and they become yeah. such specialists that they're, they're earning big money on ad campaigns and things. I mean I guess Rob Hunt is a good example who was on the show a little while back. Rob Hunt is Rob Hunt. You know that work when you see it. 
it's so unique and, and the campaigns is doing awesome like top of the fit top of the industry I guess but me personally I I, I, I think um, I guess I guess I've got the same recognition of a, as a, of a brand but I get very restless yeah um, you know I, I watch a good film and I think I want to I want to be a director now <laughs> <laughs> And I know, I've, I've, thankfully, I've been around long enough now to understand that that, that isn't me. I can't just go and be that. I mean, you, you can be in that world. You can, like you did with Mill Boop, you can leave yourself into that world. Yeah. And you can be in that. You can work with the director and you can bring your thing to that, to that, you know, to that job. But you know, there are ways of, of taking what you do into these, into these different industries, especially now with technology, you know, it's like we have the vehicles to do it quite cheaply, yeah. which is exciting. Um, so just, just for me personally, like I said, the stability financially, I guess what, I guess what I'm saying is, for example, Road to Work, right? it, it, the map stuff is, it, it's a very tangible thing. You know what you're going to get from Road to Work. He does it absolutely brilliantly. He like, loves a good map, doesn't he, old Rod? He does, he Be- <laughs> better than anyone else, in, yeah. the, in, my, in my opinion. But, but then... It's like, the man who turned down Blur, he said to me once. The man he told me that as well, yeah. Yeah, he told me that and I almost just, I could have just pissed there. Like, <laughs> sensory overload of like, oh, what? <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, that's, that's a mark of success in it when you turn down Blur. Turning well, down Blur, yeah. But I guess, I don't, oh God, I don't, that, there you go, I lost my point for a minute there. But the point is, that my stuff doesn't often get dragged into advertising campaigns unless it's a very niche advertising campaign that needs that income, it needs that soul. Yeah. So to get to get the stability that I lack in that I don't get often get the sort of big money jobs is that you know I've, I've found myself doing this stuff and looking for sponsors and and, and, and evolving in that way. And it's, yeah, yeah. it's fucking weird. Like I don't I, <laughs> I don't know how I can put I don't know how I can put that in a, in a, in a digestible format for students. So I hope they'll listen to this and think. I just have to do me. I have to. Follow, I have to go out there and, you know, find what I want to do and, and make it happen. Whether it is creating a vehicle or whether it is applying for a job, I don't know. There are just. I suppose we have more ways of doing things now. Yeah. I mean, I've always found it harder. I mean, although I obviously have worked with a lot of ad agencies, I've not done a lot of work that's kind of like I've been commissioned to do my own style. You know, obviously Rod, he does all sorts of stuff with, with you know various people because it's just can't do what he does you know and there's loads of people like that but um, I uh, where was I going with this yeah I've kind of found that I think like to kind of look for work a bit more creatively is quite interesting as well because it's quite easy isn't it to kind of go oh I'll just hit up Wyden and Kennedy I'll hit up their art buyer for uh, you know because I do illustration and they're going to love that it's like I mean, for a start, I, don't, well, I think the role of the art buyer is becoming pretty redundant now. I don't think there are many art buyers left. It's a funny role. I've never quite got my head around it, yeah. actually. Yeah. It's, it's kind of essentially just like being taken out for dinner, drinking lots of wine and, you know, and, and having some very good contacts. But no, because it just, you could just look on the internet now and, yeah. and, and people are realising, you know, maybe we should not pay this, this art buyer certain this amount of money to do this thing which is uh, you know it's really bad for the art buying world people who yeah. have worked in those jobs for years and years uh, it's also terrible for us because <laughs> yeah because suddenly uh, you kind of need to be a bit more creative about who you contact yeah it's kind of exciting as well actually it is I mean it's a horrible cheesy thing to say but I really like that expression uh, pressure makes diamonds and I think 
when I've been under stress or when I have a quiet spell, the results that come out of the other end of that are often you're forced to, to kind of think laterally and adapt, and it's like that's when that's when the true test comes. Yeah, definitely. You know, yeah. Um, I mean, so, so I guess so. You know, so where we find you is. Would I be right in saying this is probably the first time you have just been you out there without attachment to any one thing or a company? Uh, for a while, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I had uh, I had about a year and a half when I first moved to London. See, that was a weird thing. When I first moved, uh, I don't know what it was. Just a lot of friends of mine who, I guess, they just started to get into positions of power a little bit. Mm. Uh, they were all doing all sorts of stuff. Yeah, it's work from home. It's great. Yeah, pottering around Finsbury Park, you know. <laughs> and, kind of, and I had a great client. I had uh, Freedom from Torture, who are uh, an amazing, amazing charity. We do a lot of work for for all sorts of people um, who've gone through really kind of quite like, horrendous things. Uh, and they were based in Finsbury Park as well. Mm-hmm. We we did, uh, did all sorts, but we did this kind of festival. Uh, and it, that, that, yeah, one of those things that just came from a conversation in the pub. Uh, and uh, my friend, who, uh, my, also my housemate, who, who promotes gigs and festivals and stuff, he was going to get involved. So he's like, well, do you want to do the artwork for it? And uh, yeah, it was like a six month job, I think, in the end, you know, because it was like a multi venue festival. Yeah. So there was everything from, uh, yeah, like, look, we had uh, seven different posters, website, branding, all the kind of social media stuff. Yeah. Uh, and they took a real punt on me for that because they had an agency that they always worked with for all yeah. of their stuff and uh, in fact they had uh, their pitch was just sending a load of Kate Morris's work really? <laughs> oh, and they showed me it they were like look we've just been sent all this work I was like it's not even they didn't fucking do that like <laughs> yeah you know but it's um, yeah so I've kind of uh, yeah I've, I've had quite a bit of time sort of doing my own thing as well but yeah I think this is the first time for uh, yeah quite a while that I've uh, been it's just yeah. been me again yeah uh, yeah which is good I'm really excited because um, yeah like I said just uh, sort of things have kind of been falling a little bit on my lap yeah. and uh, that is apart from when I first moved to London that's like the first time that's happened you know? yeah um, but that this does happen and would you agree that I mean, to someone who's listening now who's coming out of uni, they might be like, you know, falling in your lap, they might be going, lucky bastard, like, you know, I wish things had just fallen in my lap. But actually, nah. it's all those years of being in pubs and being in coffee shops and uh, having lunch with whoever and, and doing a good job and staying in touch, that's what makes things fall in your lap. Oh, completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing falls in your lap for, no- you know, like, for, for giving nothing back. I mean, fuck. I, mean, I, I did this talk, I remember, I couldn't believe it. It was, uh, it was like a panel discussion. Uh, for London Design Festival, yeah, um, and I, it was promoting to, to kind of young people who were still in uni or just graduating, uh, you know, how, how to kind of get out there, your first steps, and I was saying, well, you've just got to just hammer, hammer on every fucking door, you know, like, if, if you want it, if you've got the passion, people will pick up on that, yeah. you know, you feed off of the passion, because those guys who were in those roles were that person however many years ago. Yeah, because it's always constantly work. You know. Yeah, I've, I've I've been swamped with guys who've looked after me who didn't have to do what they've done. Who've beyond the job they've given me suggestions. I've gone. You should try this. Or you know, check out this guy. Or they put me in touch with another commission. Yeah. And it makes you want to give that back, doesn't it? It makes you want to go. Well, actually, if I'm ever in that position and someone comes knocking on my door and they've got something, I'll try and 
trying to help them out. Yeah, exactly, man. That's exactly right. It's just being all right with people. It's working hard, and it's being being a face on the scene, isn't it? Just not being a yeah. Just don't be a cunt. And yeah. That's <laughs> <you know. laughs> it. And people are, you know, like people are, but it's yeah. I mean, yeah, my God, I mean, none, none of this would have uh, would have kind of fallen on my lap without without years and years of, of like you say, making sure you're in the right shows, yeah. uh, uh, just trying to find the right contacts, yeah, phoning them up, not yeah. not being not being too afraid or too kind of above it to sort of pick up the phone rather than emailing yeah you know it's just a personal touch like you said about printed stuff earlier and I talked about as we rod in depth but I've just gone I've just gone completely old school now I've gone back to nice book designed work with my missus as a graphic designer to lay it all out um, sending it out with you know the handwritten letter um, following up check it it's work, it works it's like you make people feel a bit more special like you've handpicked them you know yeah the personal touch man because it works in anything I mean I got my fucking uh, phone case the other day from my new, uh, I got one of the Samsung phones and uh, I got a personal message from that the guy's like you know thanks so much for the support and you know you, you really believe in that stuff yeah absolutely you know? yeah god it's essential and it's nice you know, there's too little of it now, I suppose. It's also throwaway. It really is nice to get something that you can hold. Yeah, that there's something that's tangible that, that you can have on your desk. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and like you say, because it's that personal touch, because, you know, we're running, we're running a business at the end of yeah. the day. And, you know, I mean, if, yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's what you would expect. It's a service, isn't it? So, yeah. you know, you'd, you'd expect that kind of level of service. And I think going to the sort of nth degree, you know, to make someone feel special. So you're not, you know, everyone knows if you're sending a, sending a promo, you're going to be sending it out to hundreds of people. Yeah, to actually take that extra minute or two. It's yeah. right, you know, like you say, write them a little note and, yeah. you know, the follow-ups and stuff. It's just, it's like, actually, you know, I'm not just sending this out. I do want to work with you. Yeah, that's exactly it, isn't it? Yeah. It's, um, no, it's all like, all of that stuff's like, like really, really important. Like yeah. to the students but yeah that talk um, I was kind of talking about all that stuff and this other guy was I couldn't believe this guy we ended up getting I think he thought it was fucking news night or something <laughs> but the guy was just like oh God, I disagree with that at all you know I believe if you just do good work then uh, good work will come to you know good things will come to you I'm like Fucking bullshit. Not that for a second. This is absolute dick, this guy. Was, question time. Prime Minister's question time. It was question time, yeah. <laughs> it was prime time. So David Dibbleby was the bloody compare, yeah. <laughs> now, wait a minute. Hold on a minute, guys. Yeah. That's fucking bullshit. Sweaty under the collar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. I was mildly hungover. You know, I like, just wanted to chat about fucking art and shit. <laughs> I mean, to this debate about promotion, these students are gawking at us going, oh, I don't know what the fuck this is. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. Right, so the last bit I was, I was drop on people, shark in the tank section, I asked people to name a love and a hate, and a, very loosely within the creative spectrum, but it's a wide open question. It's an on-the-spot question, so... Oh, I love these, completely yeah. completely up to you. <laughs> so, I love and a hate. It's a love and a hate, yeah, it can be as playful as you want, as serious as you want, or it absolutely... Absolutely anything goes in this question. It's just, uh, yeah, it's always interesting answers. Love, oh god, this is terrible, isn't it? Fucking hell, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, oh. 
and love. Uh, I can't be that. No. You're gonna <laughs> do you edit this? <laughs> Depends how funny it is. <laughs> What did Rod Hunt say? Maps? No, no, what did Rod say? Um, I can't remember, that's terrible. <laughs> it's because I hate my own voice, I don't always listen back to my podcast. Yeah, once, I, once I've edited it and I know it's good, it's gone, it's out. It's I'll done. Say, it's for everyone else's pleasure. Or <laughs> <laughs> dismay. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, I don't know what I love. Well, I can't say New York as well, I do love New York, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, what do I love? I love London. That's there. Uh, can't. That's ripping off someone else's answer, isn't it? Just twist, <laughs> tweaking it. A good person borrows. I love Crystal Palace. There you go. Nice. Yeah, uh, they're my football team, and they're doing um, very well, considering they've always been shy. And I live there. And you live there as well. And I'm hoping they're going to have some solutions to my fantasy team this year. Yeah, because they fucking didn't last season, did they? <laughs> <laughs> no, they didn't actually. No, only the, the last, even Blassie was in the bin last year. Rubbish. Absolutely rubbish, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace are in love. Uh, and I've still yet to find many agency folk who actually support them. Yeah. Yeah, because they're one of those teams, right, that are kind of like, they're the, um, uh, it's almost like, you know, the only gay in the village uh, yeah, thing. Yeah, Little Britain. Little Britain, yeah, yeah. like... If you're a Palace fan, you don't want to. If you meet another one, people get like almost offended by it. <laughs> you know, they're like, "Oh, you're a Palace fan as well." Yeah, I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, this is great. Like, we can go to games together. This is fantastic." Like, what's your name? And they're like, "Oh, oh Steve. Yeah, yeah. See you later, mate. See you later." <laughs> oh, it's fucking mad. one of my best friends. Uh, he's the only Palace fan that, uh, that we're actually kind of like, uh, you know, that we actually go to games and stuff. Uh, and he started on his when he fucking said he was. He's a Scottish. He's a Scottish lad, and uh, he said, "I'm a Palace fan." With this like smug grin, and I went, "Fuck off!" <laughs> Pushed him, and he's looking at me like completely gone. Like, what, what? I'm like, "Oh shit, are you a Palace?" Oh fucking hell! Sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah, it's it's mad. Oh, uh, I met. Yeah, I've literally met one guy who's a Palace fan. In all the ages, I met loads of Charlton fans and Millwall, and like you know, I, I met a Millwall fan at one of the agencies I worked at. Like, I swear that, that that was the reason why I left so abruptly. <laughs> kind of a Palace fan, kind of a fucking Palace fan, and especially now we're doing well. Remember that, students? Yeah, remember <laughs> that. Yeah, exactly. No, Crystal Palace, yeah, they're the ones. Yeah, and I met them. I tell you what, I'm going to tell you this. This can go on your. This can go on the podcast. We went to the semi-final. The FA Cup, and uh, we beat Watford, and we left Wembley, and uh, we're trying to think of where to go for a beer. And uh, my mate goes, uh, the same mate I started on, because uh, what about the Hilton over there? That's a bit, a bit nicer than the Riff Raff. There's like a bar. 
okay, just go to the hill. So we go through, we get through uh, the doors and uh, get in the lift with a load of American guys, really well dressed American guys. And uh, we've just been bought out by an American sort of contingent. Sort of chatting to these guys. It turns out they were friends of this sort of contingent. Anyway, we get to the top of the lift uh, and we're greeted by a security guard straight away. He goes, you know, can I help you gentlemen? And they're all like, hey, we're here for the party, we're here for the after party, rah, rah, rah. So we're just like, oh, fuck it, follow these guys, you know. So we go around the corner, get to another security guard, and uh, they go, how many of you are there? Uh, six. We let them all in, they stop us. And they've got a clipboard there with all the names on the list. And uh, my friend, he's a tour manager, so he deals with lists and stuff all the time. And they go, so what's your name? And I swear to God, so it was like the tumbleweed moment, you know. Like we didn't know what was going to go beyond this door anyway, but we just like, um, and I waited for him to say the name, and he just went, Evans? David Evans? Oh, no, he goes, Evans. And the guy goes, Evans, Evans. David Evans. We're like, yeah, Dave, yeah, that's it, yeah. So he lets us in. <laughs> so we're in this rooftop bar in the Hilton, uh, and we're fucking, like, free champagne. We're sat there going, like, this is kind of all right, this is pretty good. This is enough, you know what I mean? And uh, anyway, like basically, um, in walks Mark Bright and John Solarco, some of the old boys. <laughs> and I'm sat there going, oh no, yeah, before that, I worked, I worked at an agency with Joel Ward, who's uh, one of our defenders, girlfriend, wife actually now. And she turned up, and that's what I was saying to my mate, like, I think the Palace team are gonna turn up. Like, this is, this is getting a bit much. And yeah, the old boys are walking in. Like, this Mark Bright, this, this is like fucking, this is. And then, yeah, seriously, like, I was just, I waiting for it to happen. And then in through the kind of back door of this bar, the whole Palace team, all the, all the staff, Alan Pardew, the whole lot, we just like lost our shit. Brilliant. That's brilliant. Yeah. And uh, David Evans not coming in. David Evans was not on the list after. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was not involved. Ruined his night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but hey, there, there's a lesson. There's a lesson in hustling for. Uh, for I've done that. I mean, I'm not going to go on now. So I think I've told the stories before. But so many of those, in there, especially in the music industry, have just kind of just working on my feet to get backstage or whatever it was, and it, and it just paying off. Whatever it is. And takes. it's not, like I know that's not everyone's personality, but if you've got a bit of that in you, fucking use it, seriously. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. Yeah, yeah, whatever it takes. All right, well, I'm going to call you with your hair then, so who the Palace fans here? Wimbledon? Wimbledon, no, yeah, yeah, we should do, yeah. The Palace fans, we, we, hate, uh, we hate Brighton fans, believe it or not. Do you? There's a huge rivalry between Brighton and Palace, and it, it goes back to... Two managers who were kind of having a go at each other in, I think, the 60s, and it, it's just become this thing. Because <laughs> no one knows why. Like, everyone's like, um, oh, yeah, because I suppose you're quite close. But I know we're not fucking close. <laughs> really? Yeah, so Brighton, Brighton are the team that we kind of hate. So that when, we, when we beat them in the semi finals to get promoted uh, eventually, that was, that was quite, a, it's quite a moment. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, that's been brilliant. Cheers for your time. Man. No worries, man. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for having me. You're very welcome. I love Gordon's little rant there at the end about Crystal Palace. I um, probably should have edited that out, but there's so much on this show that I think I probably should if I was following like the sort of tech school, the audio professional book of whatever, I would probably be told to cut that out. But 
it just makes me laugh, so I leave it in and I hope it makes you laugh. Tell me if that's not the case and I'm talking bollocks and I will look at this stuff in the future. Nah, well, I bollocks. I enjoy it too much. I like the rough edge of the show. And I hope you enjoyed it. Cheers to Gordon, Gordon Reed and Middle Boop. Uh, check him out, middleboop.com. Very nice, simple, well-designed website. Shows off a great client list and what he's all about. And I'm sure you'll catch him around on the circuit before long. He's one of those sort of guys. He always seems to pop up at things and um, he often goes and does talks too. So keep an eye on his stuff for that on his social media. Um, speaking of, I'm doing a talk this Friday um, for Arts Thread. And that's the V&A. It's part of London Design Festival. I'll be talking on uh, marketing yourself digitally with zero budget. It's something we all have to do and we all have to face. So I'll be telling a few stories of my own experience of that, the, the highs and lows and little tips I've picked up along the way. So come down and check that out. Um, I'll also be talking about my own career path um, and you know why these kind of festivals are important to get to and do the networking and all the rest of it. So come down. It's on from 5pm on uh, Friday the 23rd of September down at the V&A Museum uh, with Artsthread. So come down, check that out. Thanks to anyone who turned up to my talk, Wave Designers Block. It was really cool on Sunday. Had a lot of fun doing that. Awesome event, Creative Matters. Go and check them out on the last episode as well if you missed out on episode 38. Uh, and as ever, thanks to everyone for listening in. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Hit me up on the Twitter, Arrest All the Mix, at Arrest All the Mix, I should say. Uh, hello at bentallen.com and at bentallen. Any of those channels, you will get me. At Arrest All the Mix, of course, is the primary one. Thanks again to my wonderful sponsors, Printed.com, Illustration Limited, Heart Internet. That's Printed.com, obviously, IllustrationWeb.com and HeartInternet.co.uk. Check them out. Kind of says what they do on the tin, uh, and you'll love it. They're very, very good specialists in each of their areas. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Cheers. I hope you enjoyed Gordon Reed. Thanks to him and Middle Boop, uh, and I'll see you next week. Bye.